This is Daniel Self, lead pastor of the Orchard Church, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Afterwards, if you would like and subscribe, or if you want more information on The Orchard or to support this ministry, find us at theorchardlife.com. Now know that we are praying for you today, that God would speak to you, and you would have a breakthrough. Um, well, again, good morning. Uh, I know in your bulletin, it says uh, Daniel Self is preaching today, and you're thinking over the last seven days, either he ate a lot too much, tu- or a lot, uh, too much turkey, and grew a lot, or he aged and aged a lot at the same time, but he is not here today. Daniel is still sick. He's uh, battling some stuff. He, he was sick last week, as you know, and he's still battling some things, so uh, we just want to pray for him to get better, and also just want to give an update on Doug. The fact that Rebecca's sitting here is a great sign, so uh, Doug is home resting and uh, getting some IV treatments, and uh, to help him uh, just fight this virus or whatever he has going on in his uh, liver and uh, but we we're just praying for a full recovery for him and uh, he's in good spirits he texted this morning so we're excited to see him come back and get back on his feet too here in the near future something Daniel wanted me to mention because he was planning to be here today and he um, he had a big announcement um, and he said uh, he told me to let you know I'm going to just read this uh, verbatim that we had a large announcement planned, but because of just him being out, we are moving it to next week. It's going to be a lot of fun and a huge opportunity for us as a church. So do not miss next week. It's one of those weeks you wish, you will wish you had been here. So we invite you to be back next Sunday and hear this big, great announcement that's going to be uh, really cool. I happen to know what it is, but I'm not going to tell you. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I'm in the know on that. And, uh, but you're going to hear about it next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, also, you know, uh, speaking of um, this topic we're going to be talking about today, generosity, uh, Daniel wanted to mention a few other things. He just said that the orchard runs on 100% of generosity. Uh, it, I mean, it is, it's the catalyst. Everything we do, the lights stay on, the staff is paid, the, the future vision is plotted, and because people like you give to God's house, as God has asked us to do in his word, you are changing the world. And consequently, our building is paid off, the church is growing, we're seeing people saved by God, baptisms left and right, life's changed and transformed. And he said, just mention a few of these things. Um, and I was just talking with Roz Fowler before this, Operation, Operation Christmas Child. Um, over 500 boxes have been turned in. So well done. Give yourselves a hand on that. Excellent. And Roz also said, make a note, and it's in the bulletin, that um, these uh, boxes can still be turned in online. You can still go online and, and, and build a box, and they'll create all that. So we encourage you to do that and take advantage of that. Also, he just said, you know, make, make notes that local widows are supported, single parents are supported, the homeless and needy are supported. Open Arms, the mission wings of our, our church, gives monthly to unique opportunities around the world. Ten-plus missionaries are supported monthly by this church. One church in Vanuatu, which I struggle to say, but David Corson's all involved in that, has grown into 12 orchard churches in those islands. And we continue to have a major impact there. Matter of fact, Daniel's sermons are on national radio there, and he's going to be going there this spring to, to lead a leadership conference um, for all those pastors as, that are a part of the church. So there's so many great things happening, and he just wanted to say, well done with everything y'all are doing. Um, 
And uh, we just want to recognize that and honor you and thank you for your contributions. We do invite you to, as I mentioned in the announcements, to come by this afternoon and uh, right after the second service, have some lunch with us and, and decorate the church with us. So please join us for that. Um, I want to pray for our time and we're going to dive in on the message. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this time. Um, Lord, we just pray health over Doug over Daniel, anyone who's, who's battling, fighting illnesses, Father, of any type, we just pray peace and mercy over their bodies. We pray that you will work and that you will just restore the cells, uh, do whatever you need to do to get their bodies up and running again. Lord, you are the, the great physician, and you're a God of, of health. You're a God who wants your children to walk in health. And Lord, we live on a broken planet where we get hit with things. And, and, and so we just, we, we just ask you to have mercy, to move. Um, sometimes you do that supernaturally. Sometimes you do that through medication. But we just ask you to move. We just submit all of this to you and trust you with it in the name of Jesus. We pray for this message as well. Lord, um, as we talk about this topic of generosity, we just ask your blessings. Um, and uh, we look forward to what uh, you're going to do in Christ's name. Amen. Well, super excited. Daniel and I have been talking about just uh, where we've been and as we get ready for Christmas. Last weekend, if you were here, you know he did a message on gratitude leading up to Thanksgiving. So critical that, that we have that mindset that as we go into Thanksgiving, we are thinking how grateful we are for all of God's blessings in our life and, and many other types of blessings we, we may have in our life. And, and, and this week we want to pivot and talk about this topic of generosity. Because it's so interesting, um, and I'm going to put something out there to you, and if you hear nothing else, please hear this. Gratitude is the foundation to generosity. Without gratitude, Either we don't really become generous or we become generous with an edge. We become generous like, okay, i got to do this. Or I'm going to give this. Gratitude, being grateful, is the foundation to generosity. And here's the thing. Generosity is the foundation to gratitude. And more Gratitude is the foundation to more generosity, and more generosity is the foundation to more gratitude. It's this God-ordained, God-blessed, God-divine, divinely appointed cycle or system where God says when we have a grateful heart, the outworking of that should ideally be generosity of our heart. And where we want to see is, is where this started. And it starts with God and God's generous gift for us. So as we go into this Christmas season and we move from being grateful for in our Thanksgiving mindset, we move to this idea of generosity for our, our Christmas season. You know, I don't think it's any coincidence that on October 3rd, 1963, Abraham Lincoln made the fourth Thursday of November a national holiday for Thanksgiving, as you all well know. I think Abraham Lincoln, who was a strong, strong Christian, knew that we need to be grateful before we get into being generous at Christmas. 
And he laid that foundation for our country as it would be a national day to pray and to spend time uh, talking to God, being grateful for all of God's blessings in our life so that it would seed this new season we're going into that is really all about generosity. And we often think it's that generosity of, of okay, Santa Claus has come into town, and we got our Christmas trees, and okay, we're going to give the kids gifts, and we're going to get gifts, and all that kind of thing. And matter of fact, this whole idea of Santa Claus and St. Nicholas, I was reading something last night on Google. I mean, there's all these theories about who St. Nicholas was. But there is this one guy, they said it was this bishop back in the 4th century, and that the reason they called him St. Nicholas was because he was a bishop in that area for a church. He was very in touch with the, the poor and needy, and he heard about one particular family that had three daughters, and the father did not have money for dowry, which meant the girls weren't going to get married. They would have to eventually probably sell them into something, into just being a, a servant or a slave of some kind, and, and that, that was probably his end solution. So St. Nick supposedly climbed up on top of the house and dropped money down the chimney. And that's where one story says we got St. Nicholas from. Saint being Santa, Nicholas, long, uh, or claws in a sense, Santa Claus, and, and that's the story of St. Nicholas. But that's not the, the, the generosity we want to talk about today. We want to talk about the generosity that God poured out on this planet. And it's seen in no better verse than one that you've seen so many times, have probably heard so many times, Especially if you watch a football game and you look in the end zone and there's a card holding up. And what does that card say? John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It is the greatest act of generosity we have ever seen in all of mankind. The idea that the creator of this universe, I mean, this still blows my mind, and I think about this every morning, and I've shared this, but that we are on a planet zooming through space right now, and there's a God behind this whole universe, and he's the creator of it all, and yet he came to the planet. He came and lived on the planet, and it blows my mind. And so much so that the Father sent the Son to do that. You talk about generosity. There is no greater act of generosity than the Father sending the Son and the Son showing up in a manger. Not like on some big train or, or on some horse with all these, these things uh, and all, this, all these accolades. He shows up in a manger as a baby. Humility. Because humility is a key part of gratefulness and generosity. And he shows up and he brings, ultimately, 33, 33 years later, the greatest gift. And that is his life. Laid down, given to us, so that we, as broken people, as people disconnected from God, could be reconnected to God and experience the greatness of relationship with God and the promise of eternity. There is no greater gift that's ever been given than that gift. And I know most all of you here know that. And you're like, yeah, know that for sure. Yeah, I'm on with that. I believe that. 
But maybe some of you here, this is your first time to really hear that. And we just want to say as a church, you know what? We're glad you're here. We want to tell you more about that. We want you to know that, that this whole idea of the, the, the sun coming to the planet, this is a gift of God to you. We're not here to have you jump through hoops and give you a bunch of religious do's and don'ts. We are here to help you receive into your heart God's greatest gift, the greatest gift mankind has ever experienced, and that is the sun. Because when we have that, when we experience the sun, and not just in our head, but those 18 inches down to our heart, it's a game changer. It changes our life. We don't have to tell you to do this or do that. God's Spirit works in you. The Scriptures gives, uh, gives us guidance. It's God's beautiful guidance to us about how life works best. And the Spirit prompts us and, and changes our desires. And so I just want to say to you, if you're kind of new, you're kind of checking this out, maybe it's because it's the Christmas season, you're coming to see what's going on with church, what's going on with faith, we just want to say we would love to tell you more about that. It's a, it's a free gift, and all you have to do with a gift is receive it. If this hand wants to give this hand a gift, puts it out, this hand receives it. And that is the beautiful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he gave us the greatest gift. And so that is the foundation. God initiated. God was the initial giver. He's the one that started generosity because he is generosity. Generosity is who he is. And as we get to know God, this is a beautiful thing that, that, that blows my mind. Every day, as I just put my eyes and my heart on God, we talked a couple weeks ago about, about seeking God and setting our mind. As we put our hearts and our minds on him, he transforms us from the inside out. As one pastor said, we become what we worship. And if we worship God, if we set our mind on him, we give him our time and, 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 uh, the, in that secret space, he transforms our heart. And that is the most beautiful thing. And that is the gift that we have. So what do we do with that gift? And how does that really change us into generous people? We want to look at a passage out of 2 Corinthians 8, and you'll see what we have here. And it says this. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. So this is a group of churches. They've been, they've been tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy. And what's this next phrase say? Which has overflowed into rich generosity. Isn't that cool? They were filled with so much joy that it overflowed into rich generosity. Now, the context of all this is, is, is the issue of giving money. We don't want to get lost on that. We're talking about generosity as a lifestyle, not just the issue of giving money. There's so much more. Giving money is a spoke. It's just one spoke on the hub of, of generosity. And, and, and so we see here they were being tested 
by many troubles, and, and they were very poor. But they had something, didn't they? They had something critical, something that was a game changer, a life changer. And what was it? Abundant joy. Abundant joy. And what was that abundant joy? If we, if we were to read the whole chapter and then get more into it, we would see that abundant joy was nothing other than Jesus. They were so aware of, so cognizant of, that they were so in touch with, not only in their head, but in their heart, of, of, of the blessings of Jesus, of God's greatest gift to mankind. They were so in touch with that, it filled them up with great and overflowing joy. And what's so interesting about that is, as it says here, they were in the midst of trials. They were going through some really tough times. And it also says, not only were they in trials, but they didn't have any money. They hardly had anything. It makes me think about Jesus with the, with the widow and the mite. And that Pharisee walked in and was like, yeah, man, I'm going to give my stuff because I'm a giver and this is what I do and I'm this blah, 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 blah. And, and then this widow walks in and just drops in this little coin. And Jesus talks about, but she gave from her heart. She gave of her resources. She gave all that she had because it was her lifestyle. For the Pharisee, it was something you do. But for the widow, it was a lifestyle of generosity. And it was a game changer. And so you see that God fueled their joy and their joy fueled their generosity. It was not a one-off. This is how, how they lived. It goes on and it says this, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They weren't pushed. They weren't shoved. They weren't guilted. I, I hope you never hear us at the orchard. Throw out any sort of guilt statements. You should do this or you should do this when it comes to your generosity. It is not about that. It needs to come from down deep here in your heart of your own free will. They begged us. Look at this. They begged them again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Because the believers in Jerusalem, Jerusalem were under great persecution and they were sending gifts to help them out. And they're like, well, we got to help out. How can we not help out? These are our brothers and sisters. We want to do everything we can to love them and encourage them. They even did more than we had hoped, Paul wrote, for their first action listen to this, was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. See, for them, generosity was a lifestyle. It wasn't a one-off. It wasn't just something you did. It was a lifestyle for them that radically changed what they did. And then Paul skips ahead. If we just fast forward to chapter 9, and Paul says this, this is the point. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And he starts laying out a principle about generosity. And he's saying, listen, hey, you want to go small? Go small. But just realize your blessing out of that, the impact of it is going to be small. And his encouragement is go big. So big. Outgive God. 
almost challenge God. God, I'm going to give this time. I'm going to give these talents. I'm going to give these treasures. I'm going to just give you everything I can, like the widow's might. And I'm going to give you all that I have, starting with just simply my heart and my posture of heart towards my life is not my own. I am here for you, God. I am here to be used by you in whatever way you want to use me, with my time, my talents, my treasures. And it's this, this idea that, man, we are going to sow bountifully, so we reap bountifully. And, and why is Paul saying this? It, it's, he goes on and he says this, each one must give, and I love this, as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves God loves a cheerful giver. And that just gives me so much hope and so much excitement. You know, if I'm struggling to give, then one of two things has probably happened. Either I'm not connected to gratitude or this is something I don't need to give to. I don't need to be doing it. Is, is it my time? Is it somehow I'm, in some way I'm serving? If, 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 if my heart's not really in it, there's something going on because God, God doesn't want a non-cheerful giver. He's looking for cheerful givers. And he's saying that, guys, I got something for you. And it, it's so much better than just doing things out of, well, I got to do this now. I got to give this. I got to give my time here. I got to give my talents there. I got to give my treasures there. It's so much bigger than that. What he's saying is it, it should be a, a cheerful heart. And going back to chapter 8, the cheerful heart comes from gratitude about God's greatest gift. And so we should always start there. If I'm struggling with generosity in any of those ways, time, talents, or treasures, I should ask, what's going on, God? Is this something I shouldn't just be involved in? Are you just putting a check in my spirit to say, no, 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 no. That, that's, that's, not, that's not a direction I'm having you go. Or am I struggling with gratitude? Am I not fully connecting to all that you have done for me? All that you have, how you have changed my life, how you have transformed my life, your gift of salvation that I know when I quit breathing on this planet, I'm going to spend eternity with you. And not only that, while I'm still on the planet, you put your spirit within me to radically change me, to give me love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. See, that's God's heart for us, that we would get so connected, we would get so authentically connected to all he has done for us that our hearts are full of generosity and it comes out as a cheerful giver, not under compulsion, not because a pastor said this or a pastor said that, but because it's on our heart with our time, our talents, and our treasures. And he goes on and he says this. He says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work. In other words, try to outgive me and see what happens. Try to outgive me. And see what happens. I'm going to show up. My grace is sufficient. I have all the resources you need to do what I call you to do. And um, goes on. He says this. So two good things will result of this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. 
and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. See what happens there. Do you see it? Gratitude leads to generosity, and generosity leads to more gratitude. In this situation, these people were just so overflowing with the joy of God that they gave and they blessed the people in Jerusalem. And what happened with the people in Jerusalem? They gave thanks to God. They became more and more grateful for what God has done. I'll never forget what, some, what someone did for me about 15 years ago. A, a wonderful man with the church I was with up in Aspen. And he and his wife, they had this massive 100-foot yacht down in the BVI, British Virgin Islands. And I didn't even know what BVI was. And anyway, he and his wife were planning to go down and have this wonderful two-week vacation. And uh, she had to cancel at the last minute. He said, hey, Dan, would you like to go with me? This is my yacht. I've rented it out at times, but I also reserve it for time for me. Would you go with me and, and just enjoy this? I just asked you to fly yourself down there, meet me there, and, uh, and you got two weeks on this 100-foot yacht with a crew of four people to take care of us. So for two weeks, I got to hang out on this 100-foot yacht cruising around the BVI with four people waiting on two people. You would get out of the water and they're like holding a towel for you. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this even existed. This is crazy. But the blessing that Dave gave me, man, how it stirred my heart to be a more grateful person because of how he blessed me and how that has always been a marker in my life that I think about. And often whenever I'm around a boat or whatever it may be, I always think of Dave. And when I can, I try to drop him a text and say, hey, buddy, just want to say thank you again for that trip 15 years ago. That was the most incredible vacation I've ever had in all of my life and probably will have in all of my life. Because, because generosity leads to gratitude. And that is the principle that, that God's laying out here. That generosity leads to gratitude. Our generosity fuels others' gratitude. And so I just throw out to all of us just a generosity check. With whatever you may do, you know, we could talk about this issue of time, our talents, our treasure. How do we spend our time? Uh, how do we use our gifts? Um, what are we doing with our treasures, our, our checkbook? Whatever we may be doing, is it with a cheerful, joyful heart? Is our heart really like, wow, this is so good? Every Sunday morning, I get an email from our push pay system here that says, your gift for this week has been registered. And let me tell you, it is a joy. It is an absolute joy to see that email come in. It's just so much easier than writing a check, getting a stamp, mailing it, or dropping it off at the church. Just do this automatic payment. But that email comes in, and it's like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I get to contribute from my salary here to the work of what you're doing at the Orchard Church. It is such a joy and such a privilege to do that. And so I just say, look at your life, your time, 
your talents, your treasures. Think about your time. You know, one of the things I started doing a few years back was that it's like, Lord, I am going to make time for you every morning. I'm going to make time for you every morning. For some of us, this may be harder than for others because of maybe young kids in the house or schedules, whatever. But I'll tell you what, someone, uh, I heard him preach a message on, let our first thoughts be God thoughts. And it just prompted me that every morning when I get out of my bed, I drop to my knees and I say, thank you, God, for another day. I want the first thing I do that day to be on my knees before God, just saying, God, thank you. Thank you that I have another day of life. I get to breathe another day. I get to walk and and live another day. And then I go and, you know, wash my face and use the bathroom and make a cup of coffee. And then I sit down and have some just wonderful time with the Lord. Sometimes it's short and sometimes it's really long. I'm not here to lay a law on you about how much time it should be. you got to sort that out in your own schedule. But I encourage you, with your time, you make and I make God number one in our lives. That we use our time and we start every day However it may work for you, whether it's on your knees with a cup of coffee, not here to set rules, but just simply saying that our first thoughts are God thoughts. That we are getting time to just simply be with Him and hear from Him. And maybe go over those things I chatted about a few weeks ago. The setting of the mind around topics of faith and oneness and our purpose. Just to get just to get, uh, to get our minds reset for the day because we're going to get hit with things throughout that day that are going to try to distract us, take us off our focus on our faith, off oneness on purpose. And the second thing, talents. I just say, let's go before God and look and say, God, let's evaluate my talents. And we are here for that. We've said this in messages several times. You each have a gift to bring to God, to your family, and to this church. Certainly your workplace. Hopefully you're working within your, your, uh, uh, your giftedness if you're working. But you have a gift. And I just want to once again affirm, we need you and we need your gift. We want you to come and experience and to share that gift here because that is being generous. And when you do that, you're going to bless others and you're going to spur them on with gratitude that's going to lead to generosity in their life. So using our talents, and we'll talk more about that in the future, but we invite you to bring your gifts and your talents to this church and I would love nothing more than to help you with that. And if you're going through your life, and maybe you're like, I'm not even sure what I'm doing right now. Am I really doing what I need to be doing? I just want to say, connect with me. Let's chat about that. Let's sit down and talk about what your talents are. Let's understand those. But here's the key thing. When we serve at a church, when we get involved in the family, those around watching us serve 
get to give us input on our talents. They can affirm things that are truly our talents, and they can also dismiss those things and say, you know, man, that's just, that doesn't seem to work. And you seem frustrated with that. You know, you don't seem to be cheerful about doing that. So, so, so let's evaluate that. Is that, a, is that a hard issue? Are you just not grateful? Or is that just not the right fit? And that's one of the blessings of getting involved in a church family and serving and giving because those things get surfaced and we get to help one another sort them out. And finally, your treasures. We encourage everyone, everyone, to give it whatever amount God may lead you to give, but to give to a local family. God directs us to do that. He says we should give back to our local family. So if this is your church family, if this is your church home, we, we invite you, we ask you, we encourage you. God's heart for you is to be generous with your money towards this church. And I, I'm not here to tell you a percentage. I'm just here to say this is a great way to sow bountifully. And you will reap from that. Because God says, trust me, you're willing to give, if you're willing to put that out there, I will provide for you. I will take care of you. And so I just encourage you and invite you to be a part of that as well. So as the worship team comes up, I want to wrap up um, again with these uh, few last uh, key applications. Start dwelling on the reality of our Creator's existence and the gift He has given us. Um, Realize generosity is founded in, in, in God's greatest gift to us. Don't forget to exercise, as Daniel spoke about last week, our gratitude muscles through prayer and meditation and journaling. And finally, take stock of our time, our talents, and treasures that God has given us and how we offer them back. Uh, Lord, thank you so much that you are our leader in generosity, that you are generosity. And that is we worship you. You change our hearts and transform our hearts into generous hearts. And Lord, you have called us to be stewards in a lot of ways, but specifically with our time, our talents, and our treasures. And I just ask that you would stir in us and lead us with how do we spend our time, our talents, and our treasures. Lord, thanks for everybody here. Thank you, Lord, that, that we don't approach this topic of generosity without understanding gratitude. And again, we just want to say thank you, Lord. We are so grateful for what you have given us. And as with the Macedonians, may it, may it overwhelm us with joy that, that we um, just overwhelm others with our generosity. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.